Hey, welcome to the God Taught Me Radio Show. I'm Chris Seinwechter, and I'm here with my main man, Pots and Pans, TJ Laurie. How are you today, TJ? Chris, my homie with the Chrome Domey. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited, as usual, to do this radio broadcast with you, and uh, I think it's good stuff today, which is actually we're talking about the little darts from Satan. The little darts of Satan. little darts of Satan that, that he fires at us at our minds and our hearts. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And if you're listening, I think this broadcast can help you defeat the enemy who's constantly, you know, trying to defeat us. So it's going to be good stuff today. Right. And if, if you are out there listening and it's your first time, we just want to say welcome to the show. And it is the goal of um, our show to give you practical application tips on, first of all, how to understand um, these certain things that can happen throughout your Christian walk and then give you the application on how to deal with it and, and get past it and get through these things. And if you've listened to the, to the show before, you'll hear that. And, and we usually lean on how to know God as a father. And, and that all, I mean, it all comes together, right? When, you, yeah. when we get, everything should lead back to that. Love it. To know God as a father. So, and, and this is just another way to get into a deeper relationship with your father. Pretty cool concept, by the way. It is knowing a pretty God cool concept. as a father right. instead of just knowing God as a God. I meet so many people traveling, speaking, and going around, and a lot of people are familiar with God. But when you break the concept open of knowing God as a father, as a dad, a D-A-D, you know, it, it trips people up, and uh, they don't understand it. They're like, how can God be a dad, you know? But, yeah, God is a father. He actually put all his eggs in the one basket of being a father. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why he sent Jesus Christ here to earth, so he can, you know, pay for our sins and adopt us, as it says in Ephesians 1.5. And maybe our listeners don't know it, but the literal word adoption is in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's multiple so cool. times. Yeah. yeah, multiple times. And it says he adopts us into his very own household. Like, he doesn't just say heaven, which is good enough, right? When we die, we want to go to heaven. But I love how the scripture puts it. He adopts us into his very own household. And I agree with TJ. We're just sharing practical advice on the God Taught Me show, you know, week after week, and things that me and TJ encounter oh. and have to struggle with and deal yeah. with, and you know, and how we're relying on God as a father, and and how God wants us to do that, and how Scripture backs that up. So, you know, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know the whole Bible through and through. You could be a one day old Christian. You don't, you know, maybe you're not even a Christian, or you can be a veteran. You know, somebody's knew the Lord for a long time. We think this show has a little something for yeah, everybody. Yeah, a little something for everybody. And when you really think about it, when we're talking today about the attacks of Satan and the little darts that he throws at us, I mean, the the reason why we exist, right? When you really think, you really get down to it, is to be in relationship with God, right? He wants to know us as children, and he wants us to know him as a father. So that's true. why he created us, right? Absolutely. So when you think about, well, okay, well, if that's the case, and if there's somebody named Satan, and he does exist, we know he exists, then what's the purpose of him? It's the exact opposite of that. It's to stop us from being in relationship with our father and to stop God from using us to get other people oh gosh, to be in relationship with so good. Man. That's not only so good, it's so true. It's so true, right? And, and you're right. I mean, yeah, think about that for a moment. So God's goal for us is to be in a relationship with him. That's why we're here on Amen. earth. Amen, yeah. And, and some people experience it and some people don't. Some people reject Christ. Some people accept Christ. And when you accept Christ, you enter into this new relationship with God as a child through adoption, through, through the sacrifice of Jesus, right? And that's God's goal, like you so awesomely pointed out. 
but Satan does have a goal, and his goal is to stop that whole process. Right. You just think about, you know, what does is, what is God love? Well, Satan is the exact opposite uh, of that. That's so, yeah, and if we looked at life that way, man, we would, we would be so better off. Our success rate would go up in life in general. But, yeah, so God's goal for us is to know him as a father, and Satan's goal is for us to know God of God's existence and of a God, a G-O-D, but not to experience him as a father. He will work overtime to shut that down, you know what I mean? And and I don't know, you know, he hates that more than anything when we experience God as a father through Jesus Christ. So Right, because even, I mean, just to add one more thing, even Satan won't deny that there's a God that exists. That's right. You know, he knows that God exists, just like we, you know, most of us know that or have some sort of inclination that there's a God yeah, that exists. Yeah, most people understand that. Yeah, but his, I, I believe a lie that he wants us to believe is that, okay, well, let's say God exists, but does he really care about you? Mm. I believe that that's a direct lie from Satan, or like, does he have the time? That's what we call a little dart. A little dart right there. Yeah, it's already starting. You know, and maybe it started when you were five years old. Mm-hmm. You know, he planted a little dart in your mind that you bought. You know, I, I'll give you an When we say darts from Satan, Jesus, Jesus Christ, you know, the red letters in the Bible. The red letters. Said that, uh, <laughs> which is God himself speaking, but uh, said this, that Satan is not only a liar, but in John eight forty four, Jesus said that he's the father of, of lies, meaning the first lie was birthed from Satan. Mm-hmm. So, and he says Satan's been a liar from the beginning. He said a lot of other stuff about Satan. He's a murderer. He's this. He's that. And he is. And, but he's a liar. So when you think of Satan, he's a liar. Everything that comes off his tongue is a lie. So what does he do with those lies? He uses those lies to his advantage, to keep his will, you know, functioning. What is his will? His will is to destroy the work of God. Jesus came, the Bible says, just like you said, Jesus came, the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. Right. You know, and to set the captives free, to set us free from lies, to set us free from sin, set us free from bondage. And Satan uh, is, of course, doing the opposite. He wants us to believe lies. He wants us in bondage. He'll even, you know, say a lie and plan it. And when we say throwing a dart, that means like a lie that he plants in your head that you are struggling, you don't even know sometimes that that's from the devil. You're thinking that's your own thought, you know? And uh, so you play on these thoughts, and you're like, I can't believe I'm thinking that. Or, or you know, yeah, that's true, you know? Like, I'll give you an example. One day I was walking to church uh, here at Coastal Christian in Ocean City, New Jersey. And I'm walking, at, and we come to the traffic light. And you know, in the summertime, this place is crazy. Yeah, it's popping. It's popping. <laughs> and they're... Uh, so there's traffic everywhere, and you have to wait, literally. When the light says, uh, you know, you can walk across, that's when you got to walk across the street in Ocean City. Otherwise, you can wind up on a windshield, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just crazy here. Don't get the, me started. <laughs> it's just crazy here in the summer. So here I am. I'm, not, I'm stopped at the red light. I'm waiting to walk across, you know, into church. And there's another gentleman from church coming the other angle, the opposite street. He's got the right away. So he's walking. He's got sunglasses on. He's an older gentleman. He's an awesome guy. And uh, he's walking, and but I think he looks at me, but maybe he didn't, you know, or maybe he did. But he doesn't even acknowledge me. And I'm thinking in my mind, man, what's his problem? What did I, what did I do to him to, for him to give me this look and not acknowledge me, you know? So already my mind is going down a path, thinking this guy doesn't like me. This guy is rude to me. 
you know, why doesn't he acknowledge me or whatever, right? Um, right or wrong, I'm, I'm not saying it was right, but I'm just telling, being transparent with our listeners to tell you exactly what I was feeling. Right. So he cuts his left, doesn't say anything to me, and goes into the church. All right, well, on this particular day, our church had baptisms. I think, uh, I don't know how many people got baptized in the, in the ocean here in Ocean City, but it was up near 100 yeah. people getting baptized. It was, it was a big a day for the church. So I'm running a little late. I'm trying to get to the baptism. Our baptisms are all the way at the other end of the city, like 51st, 50, 59th Street, 59th actually, street. like the last city. Right, last street. And uh, so here's the same gentleman, right, that in the morning uh, I figure had an attitude or didn't like me or whatever, right? So I pull up, and he says, hey, Chris, you, 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 uh, you got to get out there, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I got to get out there, but there's no parking anywhere. you know. And he's like, that's okay. Here, give me your car. I said, yeah, but the, the nearest parking's like five blocks away. He's like, Chris, you belong out there on the beach. Give me your car. And he, you know, an older gentleman, drove my car five to six blocks, which, which you know, makes me want to cry when I think about it. Drove my car all the way and then came back all the way, walked those six blocks and gave me the keys so I can be at the baptisms on time. The same guy that I thought, you know, had an attitude or, or, or yeah. didn't, didn't acknowledge me. Guess what? We talked later about it, and we laughed about it, and I used it in a Bible study, the same story that I'm using now. Satan threw out a, a, a dart at me in my mind, and I took the bait. Mm-hmm. I bit the bait of Satan, right? And I, hook, line, and sinker, I believed a lie that this guy didn't like me. It was the furthest from the truth. You know what the truth was? He just didn't see me. Yeah. You know, he's in his... 60s or whatever it is he just didn't even see me didn't even think and he's you know got all kinds of things going on in his moment of time to make it on church on time and everything else that goes with that so what i'm saying is the reason i shared that story is man so many times there's a story put into our head by the devil and and it's our job to believe it or know the truth sometimes we don't know the full truth yet Mm -hmm. but we should always believe the best and, and be sensitive to the lies of the devil because Jesus said that he's a liar and he's a father of lies. And he takes so many people out with lies, you know. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, but it happens every day. You know, he's firing darts every day. And I want to talk about on this broadcast how to combat that and how to overcome the little darts of Satan, as this radio broadcast is called today. So one of the ways is, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 says, For us to hold our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And what does that mean? You're listening to me. Well, that sounds like you got to grasp your thought with your hands. Hold it down on the ground to make it obedience to Christ. But for me, what works for me is when I get a lie from the devil, or if I get a temptatious thought, you know, or whatever it is, because they come. They're all darts from the enemy. It's not just lies. But temptations come through your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan will say, look at that, do this, say that, act this way, or whatever. Whatever he can do to tempt you and trip you up, he's going to do it, but it starts in the mind, right? So 2 Corinthians ten thirteen says, hold those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, me, for Chris, what I do is I'll, I'll, I'll get a thought, and I'll just use the name of Jesus against that thought sometimes. You know, and I'll say, Jesus, right to that thought, meaning the the number one authority in heaven and on earth and the universe is Jesus Christ. 
and he has authority. When he was on earth, he spoke to the demons, and the demons trembled when Jesus walked into the scene. Actually, there were times, TJ, when Jesus walked up, and the demon said, are you going to torture us before the time? You know, they were shaken. They knew that he was the Son of God. Mm -hmm. And you know what Jesus said to them? Be silent. And they obeyed. They obeyed the Son of God because he has authority over them. He created them, you know, along with his Father and the Holy Spirit. So when we're adopted by the by the beating and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, when you really know God as a Father, by giving your life to Jesus Christ, you get something incredible. It's called authority. And you can walk in the authority that Jesus Christ walked in on this earth. Because why? Because you're adopted. See, when you're adopted into a household, it's not like you are you don't have that word adoption anymore almost. Even though you were adopted, you're just like the very own members of that household. Yeah, have, yeah, you are. You are. I have two adopted daughters. Mm-hmm. My daughters are my daughters. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know that I love them. And they know that I love them. And most people know that I love them. They're mine. They're precious, you know, in my sight. It's the same thing when God adopts you. You're precious in his sight. You're his son. You're his daughter. And you. he gives you his authority. So when this temptatious thought comes in your mind, you don't have to withstand it. You don't have to put up with it. You can say, I take authority over you by the authority, not your authority, by the authority of Jesus Christ. And I command you to get out of my mind. Or you simply just say the name Jesus, which I do sometimes. I just say Jesus mm-hmm. when that thought comes in. And it's amazing what happens. That that thought is gone. It might come back again later. And I'll just say whatever I got to say again, you know, over and over until it just goes away altogether. But because I've been on the other side of the fence, too, where I've just let that thought beat me up. Yeah. I've been you there, know? too. Yeah. And we do that because we don't know our authority in Jesus Christ, which God freely gives every believer exclusively to those who have accepted his son and, and asked for forgiveness of their sins. They're adopted. You might even be listening right now and not even realize that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You might not even realize the totality of the circumstance, which you are adopted. You are literally God's child. You're no longer just a creation of God. I I say all the time, there's two people on the earth, God's creation and God's child. Mm, That's so cool. It is cool. And, And like, you know. If you're if you're listening right now and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're adopted. You have his authority. You're a member of his very own household. He is your father. He's your dad. You know, and it's so powerful. You're an extension of 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 him. You know, you're here now to glorify him and advance his kingdom on the earth. But Satan, on the other hand, wants to shut you down. And he does it. You think he would you think he would come up with this grand scheme, TJ? You know, a blueprint. His blueprint is simple. I'm gonna lie to TJ. I'm going to plant this lie over and over again, and when he bites that lie, I'm going to pour in a few more lies, and I'm going to destroy his mind, destroy his outlook, discourage him, depress him, all these things. Tell him this will never work. Tell him he'll never be anything. Tell him he'll never be able to write a book. Tell him he'll never be able to get a job. Tell him his marriage is never going to work. Tell him, you know, all these things. You're never going to get out of debt. All these darts, all these darts, all these darts and all these lies when they're all lies. And what we do with them is critical. Yeah, uh, that's the most critical part because, like you said, that the the thought sometimes, the thought of having a temptation, that isn't the sin. 
right? That's right. You know, but it's what we do with it afterwards. It's what we, because, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily up to us what is going to even pop into our mind, I guess, you know, like, because sometimes Satan is controlling that. So, but like you said, it's what happens afterwards. That is, that's the critical part. So, and we're not saying like that you're here to do this on your own. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about David and Goliath, right? Right. We, we called that episode, you know, uh, what do we call it? A battle for God or a job for a God. job for God. Right. right. So like that's, go back and listen to it. If yeah. You haven't go heard back it. and listen to it. A job for God. It was really cool. Um, and we talked about David and Goliath and that David believed that it wasn't his job to defeat Goliath on his own. So and stuff like that is going to pop into our lives as Christians. But that's right. The amazing thing is, is that it's not on us I to guess, do on our own. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And I guess we could say this. If you're a Christian, you're a child of God, you, you got to expect your mind to be attacked. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it's true. It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, like we've said many, many times that spiritual warfare is it's, real. It's real. It's, it, it is true. It's going to happen to you. And it. You think, though, he's going to come to your doorstep, ring your doorbell? And be there in that red suit and a pitchfork. Yeah, that's not you know? the case. That's not the case. He just comes into your mind. Yeah. You know, he moves in the spirit realm and he'll come into your mind and say, you stink at what you just did. Right. You know, has he ever did that to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's <laughs> with a number of different things. Like it could be something about my work. Um, right. It could be something about my relationship with my wife. It could be, you know, like and the, even the littlest things because... Like once that thought I've noticed in my life, like once that thought is planted, then it, then if I don't handle it the right way, I don't take that thought captive. I don't use the power of Jesus over that thought. I spiral it out of control. Then it's like on me. It's my flesh that just like spirals it out of control and I make it worse and worse and worse. Yeah. We turn a a molehill into a mountain. Yeah. Molehill into a mountain. With our thoughts. Right. Yeah. We're we're like so good at thinking the worst. Yeah. Quickly. Oh my gosh, this is going to happen. Oh my gosh, that's going to happen. Oh my word. Oh my word. And and he just laughs, and he's, he'll, he'll, like, get the cart tipping a little bit. It's kind of like the dominoes. Yeah, yeah. You know, that one just domino, you just, one. he just pushes the first one, and then, you know, like 50 of them fall. Well, he'll he'll tip us a little bit, and then we we run with it. He, he can just go, he can go work on somebody else because we're <laughs> the dominoes are falling. Yeah. You know, and until we realize it's a lie, then it's like me at the corner at the traffic light. That was a lie. That was a dart. Yeah. You know, oh, this guy doesn't like you. This guy's got an attitude. The guy didn't even see me. And the guy parks my car and walks five blocks to do it. Yeah. You know, what a lie. I'm so glad that I was running a little late to the baptism, that I saw that and I, and I learned from that. And I'm able to preach on it now. And I'm able to be more aware of it, you know, because the Satan is going to try to trip all of us up. Mm-hmm. But if we hold our thoughts captive in obedience of Christ, we, we can take authority over our thoughts. That's one. And another thing we can do, because we've heard people say, well, I'm always thinking this way, whatever the thought is. I'm always thinking, you know, lustful thoughts, or I'm always thinking thoughts for food, or, you know, I'm thinking thoughts of worry. I'm thinking thoughts of the worst. I'm thinking thoughts that people don't like me when, you know, it's really a lie from the devil. And the thing about it is they say, I'll never be able to get out of this, this, you know, this thought life. this rut that I'm in. This rut. But actually, the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, and I believe this is the antidote, is for us to renew our mind to, and this is critical, to the mind of Christ. So the Bible challenges us to renew our mind, to make our mind brand new. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you don't know everything there is to know. 
So the Bible says, look, the best way to go is to have your mind brand new again, to renew it. And not just renew it, uh, renew your mind to the mind of Chris Einwichter, renew your mind to the mind of T.J. Lorre. No, renew your mind to the mind of Jesus Christ. You mean I can have the same mind, the same thought pattern as Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Renew your mind to the standard, to the one who died for us, to Jesus Christ. How do we do that? That's the question. There you go. The million-dollar <laughs> question. <laughs> I can have the mind of Christ. Where do I go? Walmart <laughs> or or Staples or is it on a shelf that I can buy it? You know what I mean? No, you have to work at it. Yeah. You know, it's not just something that you can purchase and and download on your computer. You have to work at having your mind renewed. And how do you do that? I think it's a it's a bunch of different ways. It's reading the word of God, of course, because that is the mind of Christ. Could it be every thing that we've talked about over the past three weeks. Wow, it very well could be. <laughs> could that be being in the Word, being in fellowship, and being in prayer, constant Absolutely. communication? Yeah. yeah. Wow, all, it's all almost like we planned it that way. <laughs> it is almost like we planned it that way, but we didn't. But we didn't, that's <laughs> and the we're amazing just confessing thing. that. <laughs> yeah, because we were starting out this broadcast strictly to talk about the, the darts of the enemy, because we've both experienced some darts of the enemy recently. And we wanted to let our listeners know, hey, you're not the only one going through this. But you're right. It does come back to the last three messages that we've had. So renewing your mind. If you want a brand new mind, you want a mind that's successful, you want a mind that's powerful, you want a mind that kicks the devil's butt, you have to renew it. And you renew it through the Word of God. You renew it through prayer. And you stay in fellowship. You renew it by taking your thoughts captive and casting out a thought that's ungodly by not your authority, but by the authority of Jesus Christ. But if, you don't, if you're not into the Word of God and you're not memorizing and thinking about the Word of God, there's no way that you can have a renewed mind. Right, and, and the other key, too, is not just reading the Word of God, but like you said, meditating on it, really thinking about it, really letting that Word penetrate your heart. Right. You know, it's, it's, we can read it and we can like memorize it and, and do all that stuff, but it's it really, you have to really think about it and really let it grow inside you. You know, it's like, yeah, that's so good. Like a seed. Because you could be mechanical about it. Oh, totally. Just or, like you can about worship. About worship. Yeah. You could be religious. Yeah. You know, and, and people might not understand what we're saying, but, or you can be personal about it, intimate mm-hmm. about it. You can think about it. You can ask God questions about it. So, like, if you're trying to, you know, we were, you were reciting, you're doing good, by the way, memorizing a lot Ephesians of verses. Ephesians 5, trying Ephesians to. Ephesians 5, praise yeah. the Lord. I'm so proud of you. But um, Ephesians 5, 1 is imitate God. Yeah, right? there you go. Be an imitator of God. And so instead of just memorizing that verse, you can think about it. Now, how would you think about imitating God? And we're talking about renewing your mind, and this as an example. Well, the the next part of the verse is walk in love. Walk in love. And so, like, I can't really think about a better way to imitate God than walking in love. So, you know, that's perfect. Yeah, how do you walk in love, though? But because you can take it a next, you know, a step further. Step further, yeah. But you know, well, well, you could also ask God questions. You could say, Lord, how do I imitate you? Right. How do? What do you mean about imitating God and walking in, in, in love? You know, so what I'm saying is meditating is like asking God questions, thinking about it over and over again in your mind until something happens, until your mind begins to be get renewed. And of course, we're talking about how to defeat 
the, the darts of Satan. So the totality of all these things that we're giving you, all these tools that really God has given you, not we're giving you, can help you live such a successful and peaceful life, experiencing God as a father. But it takes a renewed mind. It's another component of the Christian life that some, some take the time to renew their mind, some don't. But I think the ones that do are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and can understand what the Lord's will is. Actually, doesn't it say that in Romans 12? It says, renew your mind so that you can understand what the will of what the perfect pleasing will of God is. Yeah. Cuz once your mind gets renewed to the mind of Christ, you understand more and more and more what God wants, right. what God desires, and that's what that means. And you'll be more successful and you'll be able to identify a lie and you'll be able to identify truth and you'll be more successful because some of the things that the lies from the devil do is he he'll he'll get you to to be self-condemning. Yeah, definitely. You know, he'll say you're no good, or he'll say you're not really forgiven for that. Even though you confess that sin, you're not really forgiven. That's one of the, uh, you know, that's happened to me. I know it's happened to you, but it's not only happened to us, TJ. It's happened to so many believers in right. Christ. You're not forgiven. You got to, like, you got to do so much more. You think you're forgiven for what you did? And the Bible says that Satan is called the accuser. He's, an, he's, he's always accusing the children of God. You know, when we are forgiven, the Bible says if we confess our sins, God is two things, faithful and just, to forgive us and to cleanse us. Faithful, meaning God always keeps his promises, and just, meaning he just doesn't sweep our sin under the rug. He places it on the back of Jesus Christ. So yeah. we are forgiven, though. And Satan will say, no, you're not. And, and we, So if you didn't have the Word of God and you didn't know the Word of God and you didn't know First John 1, 9, you might start to question, well, am I forgiven? Wait a minute. I know I confess my sin, but I keep hearing this voice in my head saying, you're not really forgiven. That's a dart from Satan. That's a lie to keep you in condemnation, to make you feel depressed, discouraged. You confess your sins to God. God forgives you. That's the truth. But you need to know that verse, 1 John 1, 9. That's a good verse to start out with for our listeners, by the way. It's very helpful in knowing and understanding that God forgives. Mm. So it's just awesome how we can defeat somebody that was created by God that flows and, and, and moves in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual area of darkness. But us, flesh and blood, the Bible says a little lower than the angels, we can defeat him by knowing the truth mm -hmm. and having a renewed mind to the mind of Christ. Yeah. I think it's so awesome. Yeah, it is cool. And I tell you what, like, I, I'm, as far as my life goes, like, I'm the typical, like, overthinker. You know, so like when those thoughts pop into my head, those thoughts that aren't from me, like usually, and what I've done in the past is I've, I've overthought about them and I'm, you know, I'm, that leads me to be self-condemning and, and why I love this show so much is because like, I feel like I'm right there with, you know, some of our listeners that me too. I'm, I'm learning all this stuff, man. And it's, it's awesome because I'm trying to take what we talk about and apply it more and more in my own life. And I can tell you that it, this works, man, like. Mm. the the more that the more that I've tried to memorize scripture and to uh, link up with the right people who you know can give me wisdom and the more that I've tried to be in constant prayer with God and constant communication with God when those lies and those darts from Satan come they don't always like I'm not always able to like right away like take them captive but what I am and what I have been able to do more recently is I notice that they're coming 
and they're they're not of God and they're not they're not his thoughts. You know what I mean? Wow. So like that's so powerful. What yeah. You just said. So I, I mean, I, that's what I, I want people who are listening to know that like, yeah, it, it's it's a process um, because some of it is on us. While we're not here to do it all alone, like it does take a required step from us to, you know, dive into those things, getting into the word and, and getting in fellowship with the right people and stuff like that. But when you do that and you're committed to it and you're committed to living in a, a pure relationship with God, you know, where you repent when you do things that are wrong. Right, because the, the Christian walk is not mistake-free. No, it's sin, not. It's not sin-free. It's sin not sin-free. We're still going to sin. Um, but the, the crazy thing is, is we do have something awesome to look forward to, a life that is sin-free. Yes. And, and Can't I, wait for that. That is, that is something that is so cool to think about looking forward to. But while we are here on this earth, I will say that um, all the stuff that we're talking about, it does work. That's it, right. it definitely works. And you'll be able to tell, though you might not be able to, to take that thought captive right away and to like just really just, you know, get rid of it right away and say, that's of Satan. That's not of God. You know, that's not who I am. You'll be able to at least differentiate between what is of God and what is right. of Satan and what's not your own thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and that's what you're experiencing now. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you were sharing with me too. And I love that. Like, you know, I, I see so much, see you, you doing so well, TJ with, you know, but you're putting the effort in just like you told our listeners. You right. Know, it takes some of you. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, effort in seeking the Lord and, and it's, it's, it's evident. There's evidence of that. And I love that. And it's not easy. No, you've, you've, you know, you've been challenged. I've been challenged. We're all going to be challenged. Our listeners are going to be challenged, but it's so worth it. You know, it's so worth it to get to know God better. And again, that's God's goal for us. And Satan's goal, as we started out, as you started out in the broadcast, is total opposite. Right. You know, so it's good stuff. And we're getting ready to close this broadcast. We pray that it blessed you. We pray that it's going to help you uh, grow closer to the Lord, because that's our goal. I mean, TJ's goal is just to help you grow closer to God, knowing him as a father. But I also want to say, if you don't know God as a father, and you stumbled across this broadcast, and you're like, what's all this stuff about knowing God as a dad? How's that possible? How can you transform an almighty God who sits on a throne, has angels around him, worshiping him, into a dad? Why would he want me to be his child when he's got all these angels, he's in heaven, he's all these things? I can just sum it up with love. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the truth is, that God wants to be your father. He sent his son into this world to die for you, to take a bullet for you so you don't have to. So Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, went out into a desert for 40 days, was tempted by Satan to sin, yet remained sinless. The first Adam, Adam and Eve, total opposite. Created by God, we're, we're walking with the Lord. Satan came in, tempted Adam and Eve. They fell, were removed from the garden. Here comes Jesus Christ, had to go through the same process, had to be tempted just like Adam and Eve were, had to go through the test and the trial, yet Jesus remained sinless. Then he was crucified on a cross and buried and resurrected. And the Bible says that if anybody believes that message, puts their faith in Jesus Christ for their sins, ask God for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and ask for Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. The Bible says that God's going to adopt you into his very own household. And you'll, when you take this last breath on earth, you'll forever be with the Lord. And you'll experience God now, as me and TJ are talking about, as a father. That's how you come to know God as a father, through Jesus, his sacrificial son. 
that he sacrificed on a cross for us. So if you don't know that, just say this, Lord, I ask for forgiveness of everything I've ever done. I believe what TJ and Chris are are speaking right now through the radio waves. I want to know you as a father. I need a father. And I also need to be forgiven of my sin. I want a fresh start in my life. Please forgive me through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come into my heart and become my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, today. And teach me how to enjoy you as a father. That's it. You say that, and if you do that, would you please let me and TJ know? You can go through our website, GodTaughtMe.com. That's GodTaughtMe.com. You can get a hold of us. We'd love to send you a Bible. We'd love to send you a free Worry Less Pray, uh, Pray More book and any other resource that we can get in your hands to help you know God as a Father. Plus, we'd love to pray for you. So please do that. Notify us if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Other than that, we pray that you're blessed. And we'll talk to you next week.